0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Uh,
1: an interesting thing though is uh, Jeffrey R. Holland. So we've, we've had for a few months now, starting in October here in the UK and Europe, we've had a lot of visitors of Apostles. Um, come in to save us from our heathen ways here in Europe. Now, Jeffrey o. Holland mentioned something uh, during his visit because there was no auto cue for these guys on this occasion.
0: When you say auto cue, are you talking about a a screen, a teleprompter?
1: Yeah. Got so it. there was there was no so at a general conference. It is well rehearsed and yes. they do it very well. You know it's a hollywood production the the guys who get up and the sisters who get up to speak they know exactly which camera to look in at which time they follow the little arrows and they read it very well but the, uh three apostles uh holland ballard and cook came with their wives and spoke over three sessions and they spoke in a chapel in london so there was it was just a chapel with cameras set up so no teleprompters uh, they were just riffing and they were awful they basically said we're really old and we're still traveling the world to tell people about this so it must be true we know a lot of things that you don't know so trust us and then jeffrey o. holland did this amazing thing and he said that elder ballard elder cook all their wives and RFM have made it they get a free pass um, they they get this permanent pass to heaven um, and we can only assume that he was referenced in the second anointing there which is interesting because you'd never get that in general conference
0: no never and by the way let me tell you it's great
1: it it's fantastic? great to have
0: that, that assurance because then I don't have to worry about anything anymore
1: no, you can come um, and do things like this and they can't touch you.
0: I did see that actually. And I saw it before the church made Nemo take it down. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely stunning what Elder Holland did, which is he went from one gaff to another in short order. And the first thing he starts talking about is Elder Ballard, or as you say, Ballard, <laughs> <laughs> Elder Ballard and how old he is. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden he starts realizing, oh, crap, I shouldn't be talking about my boss that way or the senior guy up the totem pole. And so he starts saying, oh, well, he's really active and we have a hard time keeping up with him, you know, because he's just so dang gung ho, even though he's uh along in years. And then he starts talking about how, you know, he doesn't even have to be here. He doesn't have to be doing this, no. you know, guys, you should be really grateful that he's here because he doesn't have to be coming over here and talking to you. But he does it not because it's going to be of any benefit to him. Now, this is where he's trying to really uh, try and get you to really appreciate what they've done by coming over here. So you'll be sort of overawed by their presence and they're putting themselves out for you guys. And he says, yeah, he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for you because no. he doesn't need to do it for himself. He didn't, he's need, got the,
1: what? didn't need to come on holiday for two weeks to Britain uh and visit all these lovely places you know spend all that tithing money didn't need
0: to didn't need to because he doesn't need to because he has got his salvation taken care of a long time ago and now he realizes that he has said this about elder ballard and there's other people (laughs) up there on the stand too there's elder cook right Yeah. and there's elder cook's wife and there's elder holland's wife now elder Ballard's uh, wife, I think, has passed away. So he's not talking about her. But he says, oh, well, it's not just Elder um, Ballard who ha- who's taking care of his salvation a long time ago, not just him, but also Elder Cook and Elder Cook's wife and my wife. And then he realizes, well, me yeah. too, but I'm not going to talk about me because I'm not supposed to talk about me. It is so funny because he realizes he yeah. goes from step to step, from gaff to gaff. And now he's talking about the second anointing. And he's talking about with these other people, he gets to himself, he realizes, oh, crap, how have I gotten myself in this position? I'm not supposed to be talking about this. And so then he goes and does a very rough segue. He tries to pull up that Navajo that's spiraling down toward the ground. It's about ready to hit and crash and break up upon contact. And he tries to pull it up in the most awkward segue into something else that has nothing to do with it, but he got to get away from that. I thought that was the most entertaining part of the entire trip.
1: Yeah, another good one was um that he he was trying to say where Elder Ballard Ballard, how do you say it? Ballard? Ballard Ballard Elder Ballard um, Ballard would rather would rather be, <laughs> and he said um he'd rather be in Brighton on a sandy beach in a deck chair, or or that that would be a nice place to be. Brighton is the gay capital of the UK with a pebble beach. So he was, yeah, he was trying to endear himself to us by coming up with some little, um you know, oh, Brighton. Yeah, we know Brighton. He doesn't know Brighton. Like Brighton is the gay capital. Yeah. Um,
0: so if he was over here in the United States, it would be the equivalent of him saying that Elder Ballard would rather be in San Francisco in a bathhouse. Yeah. yeah
1: Are we? <laughs> We, we all
0: just died laughing. <laughs> did you mention that in your review?
1: Yeah, yeah. It comes up. Uh, I must have forgotten uh, that part. I, I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. It was it was one where I think all the uh, English or British ex-Mormons were just like, did he seriously just do that? It's like me coming to Utah and saying, uh, just, just picking a place on the map that looks like it's on the edge of a lake and saying, oh, yeah, I'd really like to go and relaxed by utah lake with my feet in the water uh, not knowing that it's highly polluted and will probably melt the skin off of my feet but it'd be a really nice day because I've, I've chosen that point in the map to make it look like i know where i am and what i'm doing yeah
0: going for a swim in the hudson river
1: yes yeah but airplanes like skimming that sullinger yeah but I will put a link to the TikTok of Jeffrey R. Holland making that gaffe in the description below um, so that if anyone who hasn't seen it wants to see it, you can uh, watch it in all of its glory. Okay, now then, RFM. We wanted to leave the listener or viewer with something tangible to go and chew on. And I've come up with what I think is a nice little kind of uh, light touch on a topic which I think is not spoken about enough. And that, my friend, uh, I think the key words for this would be Kolob, flat Earth, and Kane swam around for nine months whilst he waited for the floodwaters to recede. He's
0: the world champion waiter
1: yeah or water
0: treader water treader that's a treading water
1: yeah because it couldn't have been uh it must have been deep enough because everyone obviously drowned well Um, there's actually a
0: lively debate on whether it was that because kane can't be killed so he can't drown so maybe he was just sort of walking along the ocean bottom during that time
1: wow that's with an exclusively
0: seafood diet
1: (laughs) yeah the seaweed uh But after I left the church, I thought to myself, I bought my kids action, action figures of the Ark, of the, when I say action figures, I mean just little kids' toys of the Ark and the animals and everything so they could load them up and they could push them around. And I'm like, is there any other genocide in the world that we make children's toys of and hand them out? or write nursery rhymes and books about. Because as a believing Mormon, you believe, or should believe, that it was a literal global flood and that God killed everyone, including small children who were playing football in the alley. Or whatever. (laughs) You know, I I considered writing an account of a child um, who was like, oh yeah, it started to rain, and then it rained a lot. And then I'm told that my mum's not been very good. So that's why it's raining. And then we saw this big boat come past, but they wouldn't pick us up. It was really weird because the guy who was on the boat was supposed to be a really nice guy. And he was the one that came and told us all how to be a good guy and how to love everyone. But he won't pick us up and he's got this really big boat. Yeah. Yes.
0: And the final words of the story are blah, blah, blah. (laughs)
1: so on that note let's get to kolob not literally because it's a long way away Um, we can hide there if you want what does that even mean if you could hide to kolob what's the do you know what the the english origin of hiding to something is I, I bet it has
0: more to do with your country than mine, but um, I think it means to go,
1: to travel. Okay. Well, Are you looking it up? No. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not. If, if you want to look it up, I am just pulling. No, up. I don't want to look
0: it up because no. if I look it up, I might be wrong. And if I don't look it up, then I can pretend I'm right.
1: No. Fair enough. I am just trying to pull up an image. So we're going to talk quickly or briefly about this book the Colob theorem by lynn m hilton phd so the kolob theorem Theorem. Oh, by the way it means to go quickly oh yes so if we could go quickly to Colob. yes in in an instant by the power of thought at the speed of thought that's um to be That's how we'll all be able to move around, isn't it? At the speed of thought. Yeah, I hope so. As I've been thinking about the Kolob theorem, there are a few things that don't make sense to me anymore.
0: Have you explained what the Kolob theorem is yet to
1: the audience? We're about to do that. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) I was (laughs) looking up a word. So RFM checked out for a minute there. It's okay. I do it all the time with my wife um and generally you can style it out but you failed that time the kolob theorem is the theory that the earth in its celestial glory originated as a new earth near kolob which is at the center of the milky way galaxy Mm -hmm. okay you got me Mm -hmm. now from our current position on earth we cannot see the center of the milky way galaxy because there is a dust cloud that covers it so earth passed through this dust cloud or as the theory puts the veil and passed into the terrestrial zone of the milky way galaxy now there was a point at which we fell from the terrestrial zone to the telestial zone and that was at the point that Eve partook of the fruit and the fall Now I was thinking about this and I was thinking do you think that Eve was like Adam I've looked at the stars and we're not quite in the right place in the Milky Way galaxy so I'm going to put off eating that fruit for another week or so because I kind of think that the Theodolite doesn't lie and we we just need to be a little bit further past Orion (laughs)
0: well Orion wouldn't even be Orion from the original location
1: would it no um but that that was a constellation that came to mind
0: no this kind of theory which I think um I mean I probably I've certainly heard of it back in the 80s when I was doing all my studies in Mormonism and I know that it comes from a um a very literal take that Brigham Young made about the fall where he talked about it being a literal fall of the planet From near God, I don't know that he said the center of the galaxy, but near Kolob to its location now that there was a fall, not just of mankind, but of the planet itself. Which kind of makes sense because we talked about the flood being the baptism of the earth, right? So, of course, the earth has a fall. It has a baptism. It's going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost when Jesus comes again and burns it all up. So there's this personification of the earth, even in Moses, it cries out because of all the wickedness of the men that are on it Yeah, right before the flood. And, um, but yeah, this is the kind of thing it leads to something that is, I don't want to be rude, but um, well, let's say it strains credulity.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I won't say it's ridiculous, but it seems pretty unlikely. How's that? Yeah. But he's, That's he's... the kind of literalism that Mormonism engenders.
1: Yeah, so the Earth is on a, a journey from Kolob in the center of the Milky Way galaxy, which you can't see but can actually see in the infrared. So God kind of screwed up there because uh, his veil doesn't veil infrared. Uh, so dang it. I think it they made
0: a Star Trek movie about this, didn't they?
1: Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not a Star Trek fan, unfortunately. Really? It's where the me. line
0: comes from. What does God need with a starship? Do you know
1: that? No.
0: Okay. I haven't watched this movie a lot, like Star Trek II, which I've watched like a hundred times, but this is maybe six. I think it's called The Undiscovered Country. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, there is a being or it's a Vulcan or something that they're following to find God and they go to the center of the universe and they land on this planet and there's this big being and it's actually a projection, you know, sort of like uh, the Wizard of Oz, right? There's a big projection and this uh, man with, um, I don't know, beard and long hair and everything. And he has, uh, he's so happy, this big uh, God, we'll just call him God, that they finally found him. And he says, okay, now I want you to beam me aboard your starship and then take me out into the universe because i we got to spread this great message of love and kindness and the gospel to everybody in the universe. And McCoy and Spock and the other guy, the other Vulcan, are just enwrapped with this. I mean, they can't believe that they've actually found God and he's talking to them. And Kirk's back there. Kirk says, he raises his hand. And he says, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me. What does God need with a starship? So he pierces right through the fact that this is not God. This is an alien creature who's trying to escape from this planet. And can't do it on his own. And probably doesn't have the best intentions uh, in what he's going to do once he leaves this planet. And after that, you know, things start falling apart and the Earth starts shaking. And I can't remember what happens, but I think they they make it out of there alive.
1: Okay. Well, it's it's almost, you want to say, what does um, Rusty need with $150 billion? Yes. Because he's certainly not doing anything with it. But a, a side note apparently, Fair Mormons say now that that $150 billion is for the millennium because, well, sure,
0: because that's when we're going to need all that money.
1: Yeah, uh, of course, because all these corporations, these evil corporations that we have to pay money to, will still be here. Um, will they? I don't know. It's, it's kind of broken thinking. Uh, but back I know. to back to the co-op, so much
0: of it is stocks <laughs> in companies.
1: Yeah, because at what point are they going to cash in? Because surely at the millennium, all the stocks will be worth nothing. So Yeah, I
0: got a feeling that the value is going to drop down to zero for most corporations, except for one. Except for one.
1: Yeah, but who's going to cash them in?
0: That's you know Yeah, I mean? that's a problem. You're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I kind of think that for in your 72-hour pack, the best things to have are some alcohol for trading, cigarettes for trading, narcotics. All of the things that, when I say narcotics, I mean like painkillers, uh, um antibiotics. I noticed when
0: you said narcotics, you didn't say for trading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we had a, a young men's, state young men's president who, uh, when 9-11 happened, he was in the Middle East. He was in the RAF. And they had to get back to uh, the aircraft carrier. And they had to go through some checkpoints in hostile territory. And they got through them with cigarettes and alcohol, Mm -hmm. as in, Mm -hmm. they traded their way through by giving the guys cigarettes and alcohol. So
0: right, there are certain items that have intrinsic value, regardless of any monetary system.
1: Yeah, I mean, who's going to be absolutely um, gasping six months after Jesus comes, especially if it's Mormon Jesus. Then everyone's going to need uh, Jack Daniels. You know, it'll be worth more than gold. So. When you
0: said gasping, were you making reference to the idiom that our friends across the pond have for cigarettes, Gaspers?
1: Gaspers? Have you never Ev- heard of a Gasper no. being a name
0: for a cigarette?
1: No, we call them fags.
0: I know. Yes, I'm going to go out and light up a fag. They did that with Abinadi, I think. Let me see here. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry all i'm saying is because it says in the book of mormon that they took you know they burned uh took burning faggots and put them against his body
1: and he died that way you know faggots so let are me actually just- a, re- a really nice meal it is really yeah here in the uk it's kind of a uh a beef almost like a beef uh a big meatball in onion beef and onion gravy and yeah really nice
0: Okay, I'm just, Google is my friend, so a gasper, noun, a person who gasps, also, British old-fashioned slang for a cheap cigarette.
1: Wow. I guarantee if I went out on the street and asked someone for a gasper, um, they'd probably like give me a Chelsea smile.
0: This is like when I was talking with Nemo, and I'm using all these English idioms and references, and he's looking at me like I'm from outer space.
1: Gasper. Love it. It's a Gasper. Yeah. I'm gonna
0: go outside and have a Gasper. Or
1: oh, another good one, one that we we're trying to spread far and wide is cockwomble.
0: Cock
1: Yeah. So What's that? A, it's an it's a nice English insult um that we give to people. If kind of like you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're a cock um, and here in the UK, a womble, there was like a children's TV show called The Wombles. And they were kind of like these little hedgehog people who would go around picking up litter on Wimbledon Common. And that it, we all watched it as kids. It was like a recycling, you know, to get you to pick up litter and put it in the bin and different things. Um, so the, the image that goes around is an image of, on the bottom, it's a cock, as in cockerel. And then the top half is the top half of one of these hedgehog people, the Womble. Uh, if you of course want a cockwomble, it is not very nice.
0: What is a cockerel again?
1: A cockerel. It, it's it's a, a spaniel. No, it's a male. That's a cocker spaniel. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a male but rooster?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess
0: that's redundant. A rooster. Because a rooster is by definition
1: male. Yeah. So a cockerel is, yeah, it's not a male rooster. It's a, a male chicken. Right, a male chicken. So
0: anyway, I had earlier said something about don't cock it up.
1: (laughs) Don't cock it up.
0: That's an English idiom, isn't it?
1: Yeah, cocking it up. It's like
0: don't goof it up.
1: Yeah, or taking the piss.
0: Well, we do that over here. But does that mean something over there in England different than it does over here?
1: Taking the piss. It just means you're taking, taking the mickey out of someone.
0: I'm sorry, you're doing what? You're taking what out? The mickey you're taking your mickey out
1: and taking a piss no. no so if you're taking sorry if you're taking the piss okay. it means you're you're making fun of someone you're taking the piss out of them so you're making fun of them or you could say uh, a more polite way of saying it is to take the mickey out of someone hmm don't oh, ask this is really
0: fascinating. I think. Actually, yeah. I think it's more fascinating than the audience. Maybe we have an expression over here that says "don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining."
1: Yes, that's a good one. I do like that. And uh, if we get back to colob, we oh, right. Yeah, we're all over the place here, which is fantastic because we're just spitballing right now. Um, but we should finish the point we started on. Because okay, there was uh, a point. I'm sorry, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I I apologize, audience (laughs) members, if if you're like, well, we want to hear what happened to the earth. So, the earth came out into the the outer arms of the Milky Way where we are now, which is a celestial world, and Mm -hmm. then outside of the Milky Way is outer darkness. And then at the millennium, there will be parts of the earth that are cast off into outer darkness with bad people on it, and then the earth will travel back to be celestialized in the middle of the milky way i think that's a a lovely fairy tale it's Um, wonderful so outer darkness
0: is beyond the radiation field
1: yeah so it's the radiation
0: belt you know what i'm talking
1: about literally in darkness oh you want about the um uh the belt that surrounds the earth which is no, no, the the belt that
0: surrounds the entire universe. It's the Big Ooh. Bang, and it's been expanding. Yeah. And so the field of the radiation is yeah. look. Science is not my fort.
1: No, I know, okay. I know exactly what you're on about. It's the uh, the back the background magnetic. Yes. um No, we're just talking okay. about the Milky Way galaxy because within okay. the within the universe, inside that radiation field, there are billions of galaxies and those Mm. other galaxies are other gods absolutely
0: i mean what else could it be yeah
1: um so you'll get one one day too
0: well i hope it's gift wrapped
1: worlds without number apparently that would take a lot of
0: gift wrap to gift wrap a galaxy i think
1: gift wrap a galaxy don't you don't you wonder sometimes if we are just like really small in comparison to another Earth, where they're really big, and that in our frame of reference everything's okay, but like we we look at ants as being really small, and that on another world there might be people that are just really really big, um, and would look at us and kind of like the the micro scale, and the aliens are watching us now, uh, and as a science experiment, and just being like, man, why do they keep hating each other? because of their imaginary friends.
0: I remember having a thought like that in ninth grade, actually, which is the solar system has the sun and all the planets going around it. And that's kind of like an atom. So maybe all the solar systems are atoms and there are millions and billions of atoms that create something that is uh, like a piece of pavement or a leaf of grass in another world that's so much bigger than ours, that we are nothing but inhabitants of a an electron going around a nucleus in an atom had you ever thought of that
1: yes and it brings us back to men in black with orion's belt have you seen men in black
0: i have but uh it's been a long time was there something about orion's belt in it
1: yeah there's a orion is the cat and on the um collar there's a marble and inside that marble are other galaxies and universes um, and, and that's kind of their they're all tiny but to them they're really big but they're inside this marble that's on a cat in our world so crazy crazy days all i okay. want to say
0: is my ninth grade was way before men in black came out
1: you're the original you're the og there's yeah, i might have Prize. to sue him
0: for copyright infringement
1: you get will smith on the blower oh okay. yeah
0: will smith and tommy lee jones i think
1: yes what what the waters movement. above the firmament yes yeah, so i wanted to uh, look briefly at this uh, absolute cracker so what more a lot of mormons don't understand is that mormon doctrine and a lot of phraseology within mormonism like the foundations of heaven windows of heaven pillars of heaven the foundations of the earth all come from uh, the old hebrew concept of flat earth and that a lot of these things that happen within uh, the mythology of the bible like the flood work with a flat earth but don't work with what we know to be globe theory uh, these days, but it wasn't just the Hebrews, it was the Greeks, Sumerians, Babylonians, Egyptians, Vikings, and the Hebrews believed in this flat earth and that uh, Mormons do too, in a way, uh, because we have in the book of Moses, fantastic book of Moses, where Joseph tries to rewrite what was already a bestseller, uh, where he starts to speak about <laughs> the waters above the firmament and then when they're speaking about the floods they've got the waters from the great deep coming up um through the earth and covering the mountains etc so on the screen now we have um, a nice representation of this uh, hebrew concept of the universe and of flat earth and we've got the the underworld uh, sheol uh, was a watery or dusty prison from which no one returned. and it's this, Yeah, it's this whole thing of going down to hell or going up to heaven.
0: You could even say it's the undiscovered country from who's born, no traveler returns. Yes.
1: Or you could say that it's the <laughs> it's the inside of the shell, the turtle that the earth is on that's floating through the universe. That's another Concept that people have come up with. But all of these things, the firmament, the windows of heaven, the windows of heaven will open and blessings will pour down upon you. It all comes from this flat earth theory, this language um, that is used many a times in general conferences and different things. I just thought it was interesting um, to flash that one up because how many times, as a member of the church, did you find things that the church believes? that you just thought were either ridiculous or just you were like, oh, I didn't know we believed that.
0: Right, I think the tendency, and we do hear windows of heaven a lot because it's the Malachi chapter three, I think it is a uh, mm-hmm. passage that uh, talks about tithing. Bring all the yeah. tithes into my house that there may be meat in mine house and I will pour open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so great that there shall not be room enough to receive it, I think is how it goes. Yeah, we take it sort of metaphorically or poetically and not realize that the author of that is talking about literal windows of heaven, which are opened because that's the mechanics of how it rains. There's all that water up there above yeah. the firmament and there are windows in the firmament that are open from time to time, no doubt by angels in order to allow precipitation down upon the earth.
1: Yeah, clouds are just decoration.
0: And they're a nice decoration. I mean, I've looked at clouds from both sides now.
1: Well, the clouds are there to stop you seeing the faces of the angels when the windows open. Oh, okay. Uh, Very good. Yeah, I just, I just came up with that. Like, that could be a proper thing. Uh, general conference. The clouds are there. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, it's like the dust cloud in the Milky Way.
1: Yes. There for a reason, but not quite effective. Right. Yeah. But this, this makes sense, though, so, where all the water went. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the global flood to cover the tops of the highest mountains, because he had to get it right above Everest, because everyone was going to be scaling Everest to uh, escape the floodwaters, right? Without oxygen and different things, you had to get it above that.
0: Right. And if you look at this diagram that you have, which is a really excellent representation of the ancients view of the earth and the cosmos, when you look at Genesis, right? This is also what's going on in the creation account because the creation account accounts for how it is that the cosmos ended up looking this way. And it all starts off with all this water together upon the face of the earth. And then if yes. I'm remembering my Genesis correctly, there is a division that happens. God creates in Genesis by separating or dividing things. So he he separates the water yeah. from the water, the water below from the water above. And that's what gives us this atmosphere and this land on which we live.
1: Yeah, it's the envelope in which to survive. And the foundations of heaven. I never realized that the foundations of heaven in flat earth theory are the South Pole, the ice wall um, that goes around. There you lost me. What? If you, if you look at the um, at the representation You've yes, got the, fir- the firmament, and the firmament stands upon the foundations of heaven.
0: Right? But these said something about the poles
1: in modern flatter theory, modern
0: flatter theory. Okay, that's the, the part that I missed.
1: The South Pole uh, is all the way around the, the world as an ice wall that is impenetrable. So if you took modern flatter theory, and put it into this, that would say that the foundations of heaven are that ice wall. Um, back to Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, well, winter is coming.
1: Yeah, we're come full circle, smashing <laughs> it. Okay, awesome. Well, before we let you go, I promised a test. Oh, geez. Okay, okay. this is a pop yeah. quiz. I hate pop quizzes. I know. I didn't warn, it, warn you about this at all. I apologize, but I thought, you know, you're so good at them. Um, so some of them are like you'll be like really you didn't think i'd know that Um, uh i hope there's
0: at least one of those
1: let's take a look so i'll just go back so you can see me and not the horse's backside
0: i'm having trouble telling the difference thank you that was so rude of me and i'm a guest oh my gosh i'm sorry
1: you know what, I thought the same thing. So I can't
0: resist about. a good straight line. It's one of my okay. many weaknesses.
1: Okay, first up, um, we'll we'll go for an easy one. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm still I'll laughing at myself. Go ahead. It's okay. Okay. Nobody nobody puts baby in a corner. No. Oh no.
0: What am I supposed to say that that's from uh Dirty Dancing or something?
1: Yes, congratulations. Oh, well, thank dancing. you um frankly my dear i don't give it i don't give a damn gone with the wind gone with the wind not the last
0: line in the in the movie but the last line that clark gable has before he leaves
1: fantastic here's looking at you kid
0: here's looking at you kid we'll always have paris play it sam if she can stand it, so can i (laughs) (laughs) casablanca
1: casablanca okay mrs robinson you're trying to try to seduce me, me.
0: to graduate oh, dustin hoffman to Anne bancroft
1: wow you are un, unflappable you're gonna need a bigger boat
0: oh my gosh you know that was actually a, a line that was ad-libbed in the movie jaws by roy scheider
1: really yeah playing I, chief brody i yeah i saw a um there was a quiz on UK television not so long ago, and one of the questions was, What is the line? And I thought it was we're gonna need a bigger boat.
0: I get that wrong all the time. Yeah. You're gonna need a bigger boat. He's on he's on the boat, but yeah, you're gonna I need know. a bigger boat. Okay. That's right. When he's back at he's chumming, doing this mindless chum. You know what chumming is?
1: Yeah, yeah. They're trying to they're putting the, the guts and the blood in the water to attract the shark. Yes. Yeah. And, and then the along. is too big. The head
0: comes up, they yeah. He's backing yeah. up. You're going to need a bigger boat. He's the only one who sees it.
1: Yeah. Couple more. Mama always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them.
0: Ooh. Ooh, Mama always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them. Yeah. You know, too. the only thing that even comes to I, it's not familiar. The only thing that comes to mind is possibly Psycho, but I don't know.
1: No, that one's Forrest Gump. Oh, force! Oh,
0: really? Okay.
1: Well, I didn't know yeah. that one. Okay. Oh, I feel like we got. What it is the one there. from
0: Psycho where Tony uh, Perkins, Anthony Perkins, says, um, "A mother is a boy's best friend." I think no, that's I the line. Do you okay, know the, the movie Psycho? Yes. Okay, great
1: movie. Yeah. Uh, I think last it came out of... the year I was born. Really. I You're think not... so. You're not that old. Oh, I'm older. No.
0: It's not the years, darling. It's the mileage. What movie is that from? No idea. Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) this one. whole one.
0: You know what? I didn't get Forrest Gump. You know know the line I like the most from Forrest Gump is when his girlfriend, uh, what is it? She's, you know, she had this horrible childhood. And she's out in front of the house and she's grown and he's grown. And she's sitting there, she's throwing rocks at the house yes because she's so i mean just crazy mad and upset about everything and then she exhausts herself sits down and forrest says to her some days there just aren't enough rocks
1: oh that's awesome that's a great line i i enjoy the one where he's running everyone's running with him and a, a car comes past and splashes excrement on his face he takes a Uh, it takes a t-shirt from someone and rubs his face off and it comes off with this Jesus type image and someone says to him you know what do you do when that happens and he's just like well shit happens and it's like on bumper stickers now forever um, because the guy he waltzes through life and is a success at everything that he does even when he doesn't mean to be and yeah he's like rusty um so oh, last, last one, last one. I ate his liver with some fava beans. beans and a nice Chianti. Yes. Anthony Silence Hopkins. of the
0: Radio Free Mormons.
1: Silence of the Radio Free Mormons. Silence of the Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that that kind of rounds us off nicely. Um to have Fast in your glory as you uh you didn't get the Forrest gump one but i think you you did pretty well um there are a lot of them that i wouldn't have got but well thank you
0: because you know i'm going to obsess for the rest of the day on the Forrest gump one that i didn't get because that's my personality type
1: yeah you have to go watch it tonight i'll send you the link to the quiz um there's some pretty good ones if you want to just randomly have a look and check your knowledge what do you um, mean there's more yeah yeah it could go on for um Say hello to my little friend. Say hello to my little friend. Say hello to my little friend, Al Pacino, Scarface. Uh, Nobody owes nobody nothing.
0: Wow, nobody owes nobody nothing. I don't know, but we all deserve it. Go ahead. That's Rocky. Nobody owes nobody nothing? That's Rocky? Yeah, apparently. You know the line I know from Rocky? Go on. By the way, Britt Metcalf, I'm sure could do a great Sylvester Stallone with his deep voice. Uh, yo, Paulie, your sister's at my place.
1: We've we've got a kid that plays uh, on my uh, son's soccer team. I'll say soccer, even though it pains me. Uh, <laughs> and he's called Adrian. And every time he, I see him with the ball, I want to be like Adrian. Adrian, I did <laughs> it. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Last one, 1976. then. Uh, yes, sir, boss. Like the drink, only spelled the same. The Green Mile. Yes. Oh, I didn't think you were going to get that. Seems coffee. Yes. So only, name spelled, coffee. only spelled the same. Right. Great. Well, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll end with that one. It's not going to get any better than that,
1: folks. No, no. Uh, Thank you so much for your time for getting up early to be with us here at on uk time so you're an early bird but i think you definitely caught the worm but um you know what yes so that, that deserves a uh don't be so hard on yourself
0: thank you thank you everybody i'll be here all week try
1: yeah. the fish no you've been amazing um if just to the audience out there wherever you are listening to this Please leave a review. Uh, if you feel you can support Radio Free Mormon, Priest Dispatches. then there will be links in the description below of where you can go to to support the podcast. Uh, it does take time. does take effort, even though it may have seemed absolutely effortless for the last hour. Uh, but thank you for listening. You sure. bet the
0: great ones make it look easy.
1: And the, the not so great ones make it look like this. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you. Good night. Uh, everyone, have a good one. See ya. Bye bye.